Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Michael Savoli. Michael Savoli has worked with clients such as Filson, Hill Holiday, and Angler's Journal, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Michael about his early days of photography, attending the Rhode Island School of Design to get his MFA in photography, and some of his early assignments. Michael has spent years documenting the commercial fishing industry all over New England, giving an incredible glimpse into the people and all the hard work that goes into commercial fishing. Michael is someone whose work I've admired for a long time for his ability to tell stories and his incredible portraits. So I was really pumped to get a chance to speak with him about his journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy and thanks so much for listening. All right, I now welcome on Michael Savoli, uh, my photo colleague, friend. Uh, psyched to have you on, man. Long time coming. Uh, how's it? How's it going, dude? It's been a crazy year uh, for anybody in this world. But how are you hanging in there, man? I'm hanging in there, man. You know, it's it's been a tough year. It's uh, you know, first start was real, real slow on freelance. Yep. Shit's picking back up though. Yeah, you've been shooting, like you, stuff. you know, privately, you know, I took a teaching job and uh, freelance is picking back up, you know, as of like, you know, a month ago. Uh, so things are going back to normal, at least for, you know, the time being. Yeah. 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 I always like looking at your work and shit, man. Like I've told you this before. I just like, I love your work. Anybody looks at his website. It's just like super personal. Like you're always shooting. It seems like it's just like pretty inspiring. Like even if you don't got a job, it seems like you're always kind of out there doing it pretty much yeah, th thanks man it's like it's funny you know like uh i love photography i always have since i was a kid um if i'm not shooting enough film or enough fucking you know files i start having dreams that i'm not doing enough work i'm seeing these pictures in my head that i want to be photographing yeah. um and that's like i'm not doing enough work Got, gotta go take some pictures you know i feel like for a ride yeah for sure i feel like i kind of get like in a bad mood like when i haven't been shooting stuff that like like that i'm proud of like yeah. obviously you know because you know the game like sometimes there's jobs and they're still great jobs but they're not like artistically like oh, yeah. satisfying in a sense so it's like if i'm not shooting stuff i'm like damn man i'm fucking up and yeah, uh, yeah. and as this year has been weird i've been talking to people is like because <clears throat> with the pandemic i mean i shoot a lot of portraits you shot shoot a lot of portraits and it's just been kind of a weird thing to navigate because it's like before i would just be like work on personal projects, go shoot in people's yeah. houses or different locations. And now it's like this weird dance of like, should I be doing it? Should I not be doing it? I guess yeah. like, have you been shooting a lot of portraits or how, during this time? Or no, man, not at all. And, you know, I've told you before, you know, like I've, I've got this nonprofit thing on the side outside of like work, work, yep. it's all portrait work. We can't photograph anybody. Yep. You know, we're just like stuck, like in this deadlock of like waiting to get back to work. Yep. It's so frustrating. You know, yeah. I mean, like just being out there and like photographing people, which, you know, you love doing, I love doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I can't even go see my friends. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like simple like that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's real tough, man. It's been a, a very, very trying eight months, you know, as a photographer, yeah, know, especially just, as a portrait photographer. No doubt. I've just been trying to stay patient and like try to think of some other stuff to shoot, I guess, on the side. Cause like, for so long, it was just like portrait, 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 which I, because it's, I love the interaction, man. It's just the yeah, people man. and the stories. So now it's just like a new way of kind of navigating photography. 
Um, but I was really excited to do this, man, because I've known you probably for almost 10 years now. The first time I ever met you, uh, it was me, you, Jesse Burke. We got beers. I think yep. it was like I kind of only had been out of college like maybe a year or two. And we met in yep. Providence, Rhode Island. And yep. I, I, I mean, I've been following your work for years. But there's a ton of stuff I don't know about you. So I was excited to talk to you. Um, I, I, guess, I remember that night, man. You were you were assistant Jesse. Yep. You met in that uh that bar room, uh, Point Tavern down at Fox Point. Yep. Um, at that point, man, I've I've been living at Fox Point since a teenager. That place used to be such a dive. Um, and it turned into you know what it still is right now. You know, not saying nothing bad about it, but yeah, um, I remember that night, man. Yep. Yeah, it was a good time. But like, yeah, did you? Because I didn't even know. Did like, do you grow up in Rhode Island? And like, how do you kind of? Man, I grew up like right where you live. You know, um, I was born in Walpole. Okay, Massachusetts yeah, for yeah. people listening. Ask folks you guys don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents are both from Boston. You know, my mom's from High Park. My dad's from High Park. Yeah, um, they got married. You know, three towns south of Walpole, then you know, one town over. Um, I lived there till I was eighteen. Then I moved to Providence at eighteen. Mm. And like, how did you kind of get into photography? Like, when were you kind of doing that early on, or like, when did you kind of first pick up a camera? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, my dad was an art director uh, when I was a kid. And I remember we went on a shoot with him down to uh, Cayman Islands. Wow. My dad, uh, the photographer, the assistants, myself, I was maybe like 13, 14. Uh, you know, we blew off for the afternoon, got on a catamaran, went out to sea, flipped the damn boat over, uh, got picked up by uh, Jet Ski Rescue, got back to shore. And my mom, to calm me down, was like, here's the camera. You know, it was an old Nikon FM2 that I still have. Um, and she's like, just go take pictures. Calm down, calm down, calm down. And ever since then, man, that's that's all I've been doing. Wow. That's yeah. pretty interesting. That's cool to see, kind of hear your dad was kind of uh, uh, into the creative kind of side of things. Like, what kind of stuff was he working on as like an art director? What kind of stuff was he I mean, doing? He, he was like, uh, you know, chief creative at Hill Holiday for like 30 fucking years. Oh, shit. So, Hill Hot. Damn. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, so he, was he was always pretty like supportive of your like creative endeavors and stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, he told me, you know, I mean, again, like they grew up in the city, you know, both my parents said, you know, if you want to be a garbage man, be a garbage man, just be the best one you can be. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was a teenager, my first job ever was, you know, working maintenance at a housing project. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I work for carpenters. I work for painters, did roofing. I do mechanic work even still. Yeah. Um, so I always did like a lot of, you know, trade work, but loved photography and, you know, even now at 38 years old, I still like do a split of the both, just kind of keep my mind right. Um, but yeah, man, they were very, very supportive. You know, whatever I wanted to go become, you know, just just go do it. Um, yeah, definitely. It. That's awesome, man. Like, I, I, I didn't realize that until I got older, like how grateful I was to have like parents that were like supportive of like what you want to do. Because like, as oh, you yeah. know, man, going down the, the track of like a creative career, it's like a. Uh, it's it's wild ride man <laughs> it is man yeah it, it really is it's, it's definitely feast or famine you know yeah uh, this day and age yeah. Uh, but yeah man yeah so yeah family was always very very supportive and you know my mom um you know years um you know my sister and i were born she you know stayed at home raised us you know was very creative with us and then mm-hmm. you know her retirement job that she took for you know 21 goddamn years was to be a high school art teacher. Wow. So, like art was always a big part of our family. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. super cool. And like, 
when did you kind of start thinking you wanted to pursue it as a career? Because like obviously you started off this kind of fun, and I think did you end you ended up going to school for photography, I believe. I did, yeah, twice, man. Um, yeah, I got suckered in twice. I went to RISD for undergrad, and then you know, years later, went and got a grad degree, uh, also from RISD. Uh, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to, you know, really stick it to being a photographer if, if I could make it happen. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's the thing, like the language, uh, the interaction with people. It's just the thing that makes like the most sense to me. You yeah. Know, and when when you were going to RISD, like do you kind of have an idea in your mind like what type of work you want to do because like looking at your work now like obviously you, you shoot editorial shoot commercial and then kind of like fine art stuff for yourself uh, but like when you're first starting off at RISD like what, what kind of stuff were you doing I guess I was doing all street photography you know I, I grew up looking at that kind of stuff love that kind of stuff love like you know for me the best part of being a photographer is like meeting people like you were saying being out in the real world um, you know and then going through RISD you know, none of my roommates were, you know, photographers, you know, they were painting guys, sculpture guys, you know, guys who were like living in a studio and like, in my opinion, no idea what the hell was going on in the real goddamn world. <laughs> so, you know, doing street photography and like doing, you know, in-depth projects of like human interaction, you know, you, you really need to know how to talk to people as a photographer and like make people comfortable immediately to, yeah. to get the shots that you need. And it's just, you know, that in my opinion, but, um, Early on, I was like street photography. That's that's what I was into. Who, who were kind of some of your favorite street photographers? Do you remember oh, some man, kind of you know, all, all the classics, man? You know, Robert Frank and you know Brisson. I, I love Louis Stetner. Um, God, Winogrand, Winogrand, yeah, all of them. Win Winogrand is interesting because now he's become like a really like cult hero. Like I've seen like so much of his work nowadays. I see it reposted on Instagram and online. And it's really, I mean, he's always been a legend for sure. But like I've seen in the last few years, like I see so many people, like younger kids getting into yeah. photography. And they're like, fucking Winogrand, Winogrand. It's some of his stuff. Like to me, it's like, it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not as, as good as the other stuff, but like some of it, I can just like fucking, you know, blow right over. Yeah. Um, and so much of it is just like awesome. Just kind of like really depends on, you know, where he was in his career. But, you know, people like Eugene Richards were like huge to me, like Dorchester days, mm -hmm. you know, that's where my family was from. Like there, there's photographs in that book of, of actually like my great aunt is in that book. Oh, really? um, there's the corner of Sudan and Sydney street is photographed all those three deckers. Like that's wow. where my parents lived, man. Like that was like, Holy shit, man. This guy came from this neighborhood. I didn't grow up there, but like, we were there all the goddamn times like holy shit man like this is this is cool this is cool yeah i was just remember that one iconic is like a isn't it like a kid like taking his bike off like a little jump ramp or something yeah. i think in yeah. the book with that, a really awful slogan on the brick wall yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i always know you know yeah yeah exactly man um i guess like going to RISD. Um, like you said, you're doing the street photography and stuff. Like, how is the program there? Because it's like such a legendary school. Like, looking back on it, do you feel like it was kind of like a useful uh, experience? And kind of it, it was awesome, you know. And uh, I loved my undergrad time there. The other students were fantastic. Everyone was so motivated. Yeah. Uh, faculty was just very supportive of, you know, what kind of photography you want to be doing. Because, again, I mean, that was a, essentially a fine art program. So if you want to do street photography, you could, if you want to do abstract postmodern, whatever, um, you could do all of it. And I'm saying at this point, you know, I graduated undergrad 16, 17 years ago. It was a very different type of program than when I graduated uh, with a master's degree. 
Mm. Um, you know, I don't know how far we want to get into that. I don't know who's listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk to you about it because like, I didn't go to, I didn't get my master's, but like, what kind of made you want to go back to school and get your, your like master's in photography? Cause I think at that point you were already working like uh, commercially and stuff a little bit, I think. Right. I, I was, um, you know, between my undergrad and my grad, uh, I was teaching high school. Um, I was assisting and I was doing union painting uh, for, you know, painters, allied trades out of Rosendale. And like, that was, that was cool. Uh, I always wanted to teach at the college level. So I figured if I can get in, I'll get in. If I can't get in, I'll just keep plugging away. Things are going all right. Um, I did get in and loved it. Again, it was very, very different than my undergrad experience. You know, not in a bad way, just very different. And when I got out, I was teaching college. Because like when you're going to school for getting a master's in photography, what is it a lot more like structured or like not so much or like what's what's kind of the goal i guess because would like going to get a master's i guess uh again i mean uh very different than undergrad people were seemingly a lot more motivated in my undergrad experience more and i don't mo- know more motivated in undergrad yeah man um you know, again, I, I don't want to throw anybody on the bus, but no, as a no, no. Student, man, like you'd have kids, you know, we had a critique every other week. It was an hour long critique for what we did in a two week period. There's no excuse to bring like three new photographs to, to fucking class and yeah. make, and you know, all of us spend three hours talking about three pictures that have like nothing to do with the other ones. Yeah. Uh, it was just seemingly a, a lack of motivation uh, to be yeah. honest with you. No, and, I get you know, it. When, I, when I went to grad school and, you know, to be fair, uh, the, the department was going through a lot of growing pains Yeah, and it was kind of figuring out if it was going to stay a photo department, a video department, um, or a digital media department. And, you know, I was there 07, 09 and it was uh, very in flux. Yeah. That's kind of how my school was at RIT. Like the last year I was there, that's kind of when some like the DSLR cameras started coming out and it was the same thing. There was like this rush. Cause like, like remember when like the first 5d Mark II came out and everyone was like, we can shoot 1080 HD video and every photographer needs to shoot video. So then like the school was like, same thing. They were like, Oh, we need to create this program where it's like mixed media and we're going to, which I mean, nothing against it, but it was just like, it was just kind of interesting to see. uh, It was, you know, a tough thing, you know, again, someone coming from like street photography, trained in film going through undergrad, like, I was a purist, yeah. you know, I know like when I went to, used to like printing in the dark room and the people who I studied, I would print, you know, a neg carrier border. I used to get shit on for printing a neg carrier border because of like weird art theory of being like this weird masculinity bullshit. Kind Wait, of what? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like I've been shown I composed the, an actual the, photograph. The, the file down negative carrier is the. Yeah. <laughs> Give me That's- a break. So when you're shooting street photography, was it all black and white pretty much for you? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And uh, I know you mentioned you kind of, you said you always knew you wanted to get into teaching. Like what kind of attracted you to that? Like how do you kind of even think to become a teacher, I guess? You know, I think, you know, having a mother who is a, a teacher for her entire career, who's now 70 and just retired, mm-hmm. uh, but also, you know, the love of the medium, you know, it's like, you know, as a teacher, it's really pretty awesome to teach people what you love and maybe some of them enjoy it. When I have like, you know, especially my high school students, um, you know, I tell them like, you might not be good at art. You might be awful at photography. I don't really care. The whole point of the class is 
you know, whether you become a lawyer, a doctor, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you might look at things a little bit differently in your life and yeah. you know, wrap your head around them and not just accept things at face value and use your own brain to, to make conclusions, whether again, you're a lawyer, a doctor, garbage man, carpenter, you know, and yeah. I think that's like the responsibility of a teacher. And, and when you say you're teaching high school, was it just photography or are you teaching kind of general arts, like pretty much or after I finished uh, my undergrad, I was teaching just photo. Oh, uh, right now I'm teaching uh, general fine arts. Oh, that's awesome. So you kind of teach like the history of all the fine arts and stuff like that. Yeah, man. And they, they really brushed me up on, uh, you know, my charcoal drawing and, and all that shit. Uh, Dude, I was so I bad. That in 20 years. I, w- I tell this all the time because uh, like when I was going to photo school at RIT, there was like a required drawing class. And dude, my fucking handwriting is terrible. It looks like a little kid. And I was so bad at the drawing class. I think the teacher thought I didn't give a shit, but it was like I was my mind doesn't work that way. Like, I don't know how people do it, but it is. I'm glad I went through that process because I think you still do learn kind of seeing different mediums and stuff, you know. What year did you finish RIT? 2008. 2008. Oh, man. Did you overlap with a kid named Chris Scully? Nah, no, I don't think so. Yeah, there's so many kids there because they had like three different programs. They had like fine art, PJ, and then I was like in the quote unquote advertising. Yeah, it was funny because they called it advertising, but it was actually the most like it might have it was the most lenient of all the things because they kind of really let you shoot whatever you wanted. So it was just funny how they had these like different silos. They called them these. Yeah, that's pretty weird, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I loved RIT. And anytime I get a chance to go back, man, I jump at it because it's like, like. As you know, like once you get out of school, you're kind of this out there on your own and oh, you, you're not really talking to, you're not in that like environment of like talking to people like, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? And shit like that. Yeah. And uh, I miss those days, man. That, that's a hell of a school too, man. RITs, that's awesome. Yeah. Because where where are you teaching now? Um, I don't know if I should say on Oh, here. yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just outside of Boston, up in oh, uh, Needham. That's awesome, man. And I know talking to you, you've been doing... Uh, with COVID and stuff, I think half of it's like online and half of it's in person. Like, how's that kind of been? Because, you know, talking to some other teacher friends of mine, it seems like quite the challenge kind of trying to teach someone over. It's tricky, man. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot more work in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, like as an art teacher, if I'm in class with them, you know, I can do the demos, show you what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That that kills half the class. Yeah. Uh, But if I'm remote, I have to do everything at home to, you know, hold up on the screen and like send in through, you know, a goddamn Dell computer, which I still have no idea how to use. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and, you know, my remote days, I'm still like on call with them for the entire class time. Hmm. But uh, it's, it's challenging. It's, you know, we're a month and a half in, I guess, you know, it's going pretty smooth. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was thinking about that. Cause a lot of like, at least the technical side of photography, I guess, is like, you need to like touch the stuff and figure out how to like use this camera and use this lens. Yeah. So it's like, but you know i guess it's it's gonna make people creative you know you got to figure it out in these weird times it's uh absolutely um so the way i learned about your work is because we both kind of uh started shooting for rhode island monthly magazine our our regional magazine which i love and uh kind of missing shooting for right now uh but uh did you kind of always know you wanted to shoot editorial and like do you kind of remember some of your first editorial clients and assignments or anything like that? Oh, man, I'll tell you right now, my first editorial client was actually Rhode Island Monthly. And uh, man, I was like so broke at the time. I didn't even have a camera. 
and I got a contract in from an art director, like, you know, I was assisting Mike, like, we want you to shoot this. And I was like, oh, cool, man, I'll take the contract. I'm sitting there like, shit, man, I don't have a camera. You know, like, I got a Hasselblad, I got a four by five. You need stuff in like two days. I'd like beg, borrow and steal to get like an old, like, I think it was a 20 D, you know? Yeah. Like seriously, like that's going to go to press. Like four megapixels. From that was to go (laughs) photograph the goddamn landfill. So it's like, you know, all right, send me the dump, (laughs) you know, cool. (laughs) Hey man, uh, everybody starts from the bottom, I guess. (laughs) Absolutely. But it was a great shoot. Uh, I still love those images. And then, you know, after that, they ended up doing like a, a bunch of like commercial fishing stories and I don't know, like nobody else wanted to go out to sea. So I took contracts and that turned into like a whole, whole weird side set of my, you know, my income, my career, what I do. Um, I still do a lot of work in the commercial fishing industry. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Cause like your work is incredible. You spent years documenting all these fishermen and like uh, boat builders and this kind of the whole like ecosystem around commercial yeah. fishing. Like, like how did you get into that? Did like, do you have like like you said, you kind of shot some stuff or was there like family members that worked in that industry or how do you kind of get into uh, it? It's, it's kind of like twofold. So like, you know, my first contract with Rhode Island monthly was after grad school. Um, when I was in grad school, I took a class from a Alaskan crab fisherman named John Jensen. Um, that was like the kind of cool thing about RISD. Like you get these weird side classes and John Jensen, he was just like a normal blue collar guy. Um, the first day of class, he showed up with a survival suit, like, you know, the ones going to jump into in 30 seconds. He threw it like three or four kids, like, you'd be dead, you'd be dead, you'd be dead. Um, I'm a crab fisherman. I lost a boat. Him and I hit it off immediately. I ended up roofing his house, building a deck. Um, we went out on a fishing job together. Um, I always good on a boat. And, you know, he got me a residency at the New Bedford Whaling Museum photographing the fishing industry. Well, I've been to that museum. I actually did an assignment there. That's a really cool museum. Great museum. And, like, the secret place about that is, like, block over, they have this giant archive in an old bank vault. Um, So right after graduation, I started shooting the fishing industry through him, um, having some experience on boats. And then, you know, Rhode Island Monthly knew I didn't mind being out at sea. They gave me contracts that turned into other contracts, into national contracts, into, you know, shooting for fish houses, you know, all, all up and down the East Coast. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah. like, yeah, like, so like going out in there and working on a fishing boat, like, what kind of stuff were you guys fishing for? And like, do you remember those first? Because like some guys, like I had some friends who worked in that industry and some guys will just kind of go out for the day. And then there's the other guys that go out for like weeks, months at yeah, a time sometimes. Like, time. Yeah. Um, it, it's a funny, interesting, you know, the, the first stuff I was shooting um, on that project was in the processing plants and in New Bedford. So like, you know, whoever's listening, New Bedford port, it's the largest port in North America as far as dollar amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would stay up late, get up extra early to get down to the docks to blend in a little bit better. Uh, I'll tell you right now, man, the amount of heroin I was offered on those docks trying to meet contacts to take photographs, which is mind blowing. Whoa. I remember shooting in one of the processing houses and we got pulled off to shoot because there was a dead body bobbing up and down underneath the, uh, the pylons. So <clears throat> kind of stuck through all that shit, made a really nice portfolio, in my opinion, and then started going out to sea, um, you know, doing day boat work most. That's cool. And like, what, what was kind of the initial reaction? Like you said, you kind of got there early and tried to blend in with people. Like, 
Because as you know, like being a documentary photographer, it kind of takes a while to build that relationship with people. And these guys, like, that's a hard, that's like a hard fucking job working in commercial fishing, man. I don't know much and, harder. And, you know, they're, they're not very trusting either. And it's a very itinerant workforce, especially as, you know, a deckhand. Hmm. Um, so, you know, like if you have to be there at four o'clock in the morning, I'd get up at two I'd look a little bit more ragged, you know, um, I still drive a 20 year old pickup truck, you know, I, I kind of fit right in there. I'm, you know, covered in tattoos. I look like everybody else on the dock. Yep. And then, you know, once people kind of realize like, all right, this guy's not a deckhand, um, you know, he's got a camera, he's all right. He's not ratting anybody out. You start taking pictures. That's awesome. And like, obviously you've been shooting that for years. Like, do you kind of have like a goal for that type of work? Uh, like, like, is there, cause this is like the one thing I struggle with is like trying to find your voice as a photographer, be it like aesthetically or like what you're shooting and trying to have like cohesive body of work. Like how do you kind of view that work? And like, has it kind of evolved since you started shooting it, I guess? It, it's really tough to say, you know, I mean, commercial fishing is such a romanticized industry, you know, for people who don't have experience with it. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to, I mean, it is beautiful to be out at sea. Uh, it's also really goddamn dangerous. So like, yeah. what is like the, how do you kind of like split that difference of, you know, showing the reality of how gritty it is, but still showing how pretty it is without, you know, making it kind of one-sided. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the first stuff I was shooting as, you know, a residency at a museum, I kind of had like full, you know, full creative control to make it artistic, you know, make it gritty, whatever I want to do. And then as it became, you know, an editorial project and then a commercial project for certain clients, you know, they kind of, guided what they wanted to see uh, if that makes sense um you know i mean it's still something i love doing anytime i get a chance to jump on a fishing boat even years later like i'm out um you know i, I, I love doing it what's what's like the longest you've gone out on a boat with with like a fishing crew? Uh, it's, it's, i've never gone like for weeks at a time you know i've done like a, a full day that's okay. enough you know? yeah i was gonna yeah. say yeah it's wild because like I remember going to the skate park in uh, Taunton, Mass. Actually, it's still there. It's called Skater Edge. And one of the kids, this is like ten years back. He was probably like twenty years old or something. And he kind of got his first job, and he was working at probably like New Bedford area, like something like that, where it was. And I remember they went out. And it was one of these things where they went out for weeks, and he, he came back. I think I forget what time of year it was, but he came back with like a big check. He got like five grand or something, and he was so ecstatic. But then it was just like they went back another time that they don't make as much because they didn't catch as much. So that's like, people probably don't realize that when they, when they go to the grocery store and buy a fish, like right, right. These, these guys can bust their ass, but then some make no money. Right. Right. Or be out there for three weeks, four weeks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very tough job. Um, so yeah, that was, was like the first like real project that were finishing up school that kind of got me into, you know, photographing the dump um, and then, you know, starting an editorial career. Um, and you know, it, it was a good start, man. And again, I still, still enjoy doing that. Um, and then, you know, I photograph like other side sets of, of fishing. Uh, you know, I photograph sometimes for Filson, um, for oh, I didn't. that's awesome. Fit man. I didn't realize you shot for them. That's amazing. Yeah, man. Uh, they're great. They send you a bunch of gear and, you know, go out and, you know, make up the money elsewhere. But, uh, you know, they sent me out to Wyoming and I ended up just like fly fishing in these canyons up through Wyoming, up into uh, Montana for, you know, a week and a half living out of a pickup truck. And wow. Like and, and, and for people listening, like 
you know, like how do how does like a relationship that with like that start? Like, were you actively kind of like marketing your work to Philson, or did they kind of find you? Well, that was like the really cool thing about Instagram. Like years ago, you could actually like direct market. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot more difficult now, um, and that's actually how I, you know, started selling them stock pictures was through Instagram, um, and then you know, building a you know rapport with the art director at the time. And then, you know, pitching a shoot, getting hired to do the shoot, then, you know, resell that shoot to somebody else. That route. That's amazing. Yeah. Is that kind of what's kind of your approach these days? Obviously, because like, yeah, Instagram so like oversaturated now. It's really hard to kind of get your name out there. Um, I guess like when you're kind of trying to get your work out there to clients and stuff, what's kind of what's worked for you? And like, I guess overall, what are you kind of been doing? I guess it's kind of like the old school way of like, you know, directly harassing them and calling them to get a meeting you know to be honest you know emailing and calling and getting a meeting yeah um, yeah it's, it's, it's been tough man it's been tough the last couple of years yeah and right now is the hardest because it's like you can't really go meet people in person it's uh so it's like just trying to find a way to like still stay in the loop and stuff yeah. it's kind of tough I did all these yesterday and the day before I did online portfolio reviews where you like meet with magazines and stuff which is like it's like a gamble because you pay money and you don't know if you're going to get any work, but that's, I gave that a try. So see how it goes, you know? How'd you find that to be? It actually was cool. Like, I don't know. Have you ever done one of those things before? No. I've done one of them before and I've gotten work. That's how I got some work with Bloomberg and a couple <laughs> other clients in, <laughs> but it's an investment. Um, but it worked pretty good. Like it was run by the SPD. It's like society of publishers and design. It's like a trade organization and uh, it was super smooth. Like you just log in and then you meet with like a different editor from magazines and nice. uh, it got good feedback, um, good. Good. but I don't know. And uh, oh, going off the fishing stuff. One of my yeah. favorite pictures on your website is uh, the boat builders, man. Like that's just such an interesting aspect. I was just kind of curious, like, like photographing that, like, is that like a, like how long does it take to build one of those things? And like, where do they, where do they even build those at? Like you got to come visit, man. So like that factory is like three blocks that way uh, <laughs> from my house. Uh, and you know, I can hear those guys doing the test runs uh, when they put the boats in the water. I know a lot of guys that work down at the yard. Um, so when I moved to where I live now, you know, eight years ago, <clears throat> that became a personal project. Yeah. And then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I started selling the pictures back to the boat company and then getting hired to shoot boats being built from beam to end of construction. Wow. Yeah. And how long is that process? Cause some of those boats you were like photographing, they were like massive boats. Yeah, They're big, man. Yeah. They're, they're big. Um, they're generally done within a year to two years. Yeah. Um, they got a pretty big crew. They're two, two to three shifts uh, per day at that factory. And you know, they're, it's an old school boat shop, man. Um, you know, it's all American-made materials, and, you know, uh, it's crazy, man. Like, they have no heat in that factory. Like, to heat the factory in the winter, it's a dirt floor. They just burn, like, 50-gallon drums full of trash. Holy shit. Um, I remember, um, I don't know if you know that shot of, like, the side of the boat. It's, you know, maybe three stories, and I'm up in the middle story. Um, I'm taking that picture, and the, the handrail just, like, fell right off. Yeah, let, like, me pull, let me pull it up, and people can see it. I'll pull your website up here. I think some of the boat stuff. I think it's under the coastal stuff. Yeah, it should be the coastal and then the second gallery. 
Let's see. There's a bunch of amazing stuff in here. It's like this, this is the fishing one, Alex. I think it's the uh, the other gallery in the coastal. No worries. Yeah, so like this stuff right here, I'll go to the other, other things. So is this like the processing plant? So once they catch it, it comes yeah. into like these warehouses, and then other guys just process it. And that's all film too. That's, wow. That was like the last like real big film project I shot. So do like the fishermen, the guys that are out on the boat, are they the ones who once they get off the boat come in and then they also work in the processing or is it like a separate? Uh, so uh, the deckhands, they just go out to sea, they do all that work. And then the guys who do the offloading, um, that's a union that's called the lumpers. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's all, all sectioned out. Wow. Yeah. That boat building stuff is, uh, that's the, the gallery to the South of this one. And are like most of these like guys, the boat captains here, like you're photographing here, are they basically just kind of independent like contractors? They kind of got their yep. own boat and run their own shop pretty much. Yep. Yep. Wow. So this is like, listen, what's this right here we're looking at? Uh, these are two giant locomotive engines running a ship. Oh, so this is like a, this is a massive uh, ship right here. Yep. Wow. What the heck is this right here? That is a container ship on Christmas Eve of one year. Damn. Yeah. Yep. Let me go back to the, uh, See close up this one. This is yeah, the that one. Bill. Yeah, yeah. These are my neighbors. This is all like steel. Taking a second to load here. Maybe my internet's slow or something. I'll let it load. Um, you know, one thing I was kind of interested in talking about. I know we kind of went back and forth with it a little bit. You know, in these crazy times we're living in, people are scared of getting this virus people yep. are dying and things yep. like that it's a scary time for a lot of people that have existing health conditions and whatnot and for anybody really and i know yourself about i think five six years ago um you had your own health issue you you got cancer yep. and we, we talked about it a little bit i was just kind of curious kind of how you kind of found out and like what you kind of the overall experience like how your mindset was going through that i guess because it's like looking at the photos on instagram you're very public about it like posting the pictures of you in the hospital and stuff um there you go. Yeah, so coming up on uh five five years of diagnosis uh in about a month and a half mm -hmm. uh, you know i i didn't know i had it man there's like no history of cancer in my family um i was on a job down in manhattan wasn't feeling that good it was november of that year um uh, just kind of tired. was coughing a lot. Came home, uh, uh, just like tanked health wise, like no energy, nothing like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to the doctor, they couldn't find shit, couldn't find shit, couldn't find shit. Uh, finally got fed up with going to uh, Rhode Island doctors, drove up to Boston, you know, where I grew up and, uh, you know, found out I had a grapefruit sized tumor and I was, you know, stage three, stage four of uh, lymphoma. Holy cow. Um, and then, uh, you know, was not expected to live. I uh, spent the month in an ICU. I had five surgeries in that month uh, just to stabilize me. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, literally, you know, my vitals were, were taken every two hours for it was 19, 21 days, whatever it was. Um, and then they kind of sent you on your way. All right, you're starting chemo. Uh, you're going to go, you know, good six months before we know if it's working or not. And uh, hopefully. Damn. So you had to go six months for chemo. Yeah, six months every 12 to 14 days. And I did uh, 105 shots of radiation after that once I got stabilized with one more surgery. Um, so, you know, I mean, that was like a, that was a real mindfuck. You know, I was 33 years old at the time, again, with no history of, of cancer in my family. Career was like, you know, really going up, going up, going up. Yeah. And that just, you know, really pulled the bottom out at that time. 
Um, but yeah, man, it was terrifying. You know, I mean, it was a healthy, healthy young guy. Um, the kind of cancer I had was super, super, super rare. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, man, like it, it really sucked. So, you know, I, I hear about, you know, Corona, it's super, super scary. Like, I don't want to get Corona. No. Uh, I'm prone to, to lung issues now because of what I went through and where yeah. my stuff manifested. But dude, quarantining right now to get, to get paid to stay home uh, really ain't that bad compared to, you know, wondering if you're dying every day. You know, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can only imagine, man. Cause I remember you posting those pictures and I was just like, I, cause you know, any person you kind of hear about those stories and, and until it affects you you don't really understand the full yeah. scope of like what the re- reality is it's like yeah yeah yep. you know like you know at my you know when i had it just probably like you and anybody else listening you know i, I knew people who had gone through that uh but until you have firsthand experience like you, you really don't know what that person's going through you know you can sympathize with it mm-hmm. uh, but man it's a whole whole different bear when it's like that's you that's your life that you might lose every single day yeah, man, it's a powerful. I think it was it was great that you shared those pictures and kind of people got see where you're going through and you're very open, man. A lot of respect for doing that, thank man. You. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, I know you ended up starting. You, I think you mentioned at the beginning you started this nonprofit called Gilded Heart of Healing. So uh, I was asked to become a part of that project. Yeah, uh, I was initially photographed for it uh, by Bob Packard, who was a photographer that I used to assist. Uh, Bob's an awesome photographer. Uh, he ended up taking a job at the, uh, what the hell is that museum up in Salem there? Oh, I know exactly. What t- it's like all phot- photography. Uh... Yeah, it's not Griffin. It's, uh, I don't know, some, something up on the North shore. So he ended up stepping away and recommended that I become the photographer in his place. And, um, so yeah, we've been working on that the last couple of years, finally got our, you know, 501c3 status and, you know, um, and for people listening, like, what's the Gilded Heart of Healing? Like, what's the goal? I know it's f- like photography based, and is it all people that um, had cancer, or is it just different no, it's, people? So it's a trauma project. So, I mean, we photographed, um, you know, people who survived, you know, five, six gunshots and, mm-hmm. and still have bullets like lodged in their heads, um, amputees, burn victims, cancer survivors, um, a- any kind of trauma, mental health traumas. Yeah. And, you know, the goal of the project is to just kind of like, essentially build a database for people to kind of understand that they're not alone, get resources, tie into hospital groups, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I can only imagine like people dealing with different health things. I'm sure when you're cancer, you feel lost. Like oh, you I'm do, sure, I'm yeah. sure all your, your friends that your family, they love you obviously. And they're just like, are you okay? I'm, I would imagine it's a lot of that, but it's like, yeah. it's gotta be comforting for some of these people to have like under, relate to somebody you know you're exactly right and you know that's something that you know, you know i had some really good nurses who told me that's like you know like you're on your own in a lot of ways right now your, your family's your family they're always going to help you yeah. but you're in your own head by yourself mm-hmm. and something that i found helpful uh, you know after i finished up all my treatment was you know finding a group of people uh, unfortunately i already knew them who had gone through similar experiences uh, to sit around and like bullshit with or not talk about anything with yeah. Uh, you know, my friend Stanley Ferrer, he lives here in town. Um, he was on the same cancer ward that I was years before me. And he was telling me like, dude, it was a fucking shithole. Um, I was there right when it opened and the sprinklers went off and I couldn't call my nurse. So I'm like climbing out of fucking bed, pulling my tubes off to try to find help. Um, you know, like those are the kind of stories like shit, man, I was on the same floor. You know, like I get it. Did you go to the nurse's station. Did you hit the fucking button over by the you know top left of the door? You know, yeah, fuck you. I already did. You know, come on. <laughs> I mean, you're right, man. So yeah, like uh, finding a group is very helpful. But so the, the whole point of this project is to 
kind of provide that kind of support for people who maybe don't have it. Maybe are like starting to get into a health situation or a family member is to yeah. find a resource and, a- and, and where are you guys kind of finding people? Cause you, you photograph some really interesting stories. You, I'll, I'll link to Instagram. People can go check it out. Um, but where are you kind of finding the subjects and um, things like that, I guess. Uh, we get a lot of submissions and then, you know, a lot of word of mouth stuff. And unfortunately, uh, how, how common these things are, you know, we all know people like this. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, before you link to that, uh, we are going to relaunch uh, our site and Instagram and all that shit. So um, hold off on doing that for right now. Yeah, no problem, man. Once it once it gets up updated, I'll, I'll link it and people can go check it out for sure, man. Because I know yeah. I've looked at it. And it's really you guys have done some really amazing photographs and it's not, I don't think it's just you photographing, you partner with some other artists and stuff too, I think. We have. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, I think I got, I got the boat thing to pop up here so I can show the, uh, this is like my favorite stuff on your website here, here. The, uh, yeah, the old aluminum boats. Yep. So are most of these guys, cause I think there's like schools just to learn how to go be a boat builder and stuff. I right. think there's one in Massachusetts. So this is like a real niche, like uh skill to be able to do this. It seems like. Yeah. So these guys are like, they're um, technically uh, ship fitters. Um, a lot of these old timers, you know, I'm calling them old timers are 56 years old. They were trained at this factory. A lot of these guys have worked there since they were in high school uh, or right after it's a, a very funny little factory in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this one here on the left, um, if you go back one, Alex, yeah, that was the one where the, uh, the handrail fell right off as I was taking the picture. It's like, yeah, shit, man, don't fall down that hole. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. man. Cause these buildings, I mean, these ships, some of them are like a hundred feet off the ground are pretty much are yeah, they're, massive. They're pretty big boats. This is nuts. So you kind of, for a lot of this stuff, is it, you're just kind of showing up at these places and it's kind of spending some time there and just kind of see what happens or are sometimes you setting up portraits or what's kind of been this? Uh, none of it is really set up like this guy, Popeye, um, yeah. who I photographed a few times. Um, you know, he's just a character. He knows mm-hmm. he's a character. This goddamn guy looks like the Gordon's fisherman. Walking around. <laughs> he knows he's photogenic. Um, so, you know, you build a good rapport with him. You know, I know his kid, you know, through the neighborhood. So he's okay being photographed. Hmm. You know, I, I know they have press through there every now and again. And, uh, you know, the, the portraits, you know, they look a little bit different, but. Um, What's, just, again, well, I was always cu- curious to ask you, like, because I've looked at your work for years. Like, how do you kind of approach like portrait assignments for like editorial? Are you like, are you someone that works quick or do you kind of take your time or like, how do you kind of navigate? Well, like, it really depends on the subject. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes things work really quickly. If it's a longer, more involved story, sometimes I won't even bring a camera the first time or, you know, rather I won't bring the camera out the first time. It's handy if they're cool with being photographed. Um, you know, some stuff takes a lot of time to really get into. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, longer term stories, you know, they involve a lot of trust. They need to know who you are, who you know, um, you know, where is this going? Um, so it, it just really matters on the person. Like this guy right here, uh, he's actually a Boston fireman. My grandfather was a Boston fireman. They worked on the same boat. So he got me on the boat and it's like, all right, cool, man. You know, you're, you're part of the fire department family. You know, you're, you're on. Wow. And that thing, you, didn't you recently do like within the last year, you did like something with firefighters for Rhode Island monthly. There was some stuff. Yeah. Like- yep. It was a, you know, PTSD story related to uh, the station nightclub fire. 
Wow, that's intense. Yeah, this stuff is great, man. And is this something you are you continually shooting the fishing stuff? Is it something you think you're? Gonna I am. Yeah, it's again. You know, I, I get a call going to boat. I I go all the time. Um, it, it's funny, man. Like, you know, spending so much time on them over 10, 12 years. Sometimes you go to a photographer, you end up working as a deckhand. You know, okay. working the winch, uh, you, you know, hey, get up on the top, man. Make sure I'm not hitting anything in the fog. Well, that that's probably, I would imagine that's how you really earn your respect when yeah. you got when you got their back and it's like you're not just there to like take her and take pictures and stuff, I would yeah. imagine. Right. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, some, some of the boats you come home on, like you're catching the fish, you're flaying them right on there, right on the deck and cooking them on the exhaust stack and eating on the way home. Wow. Yeah. I was curious, like, I wonder if these guys get sick of eating fish after a while, because it's like, you know, like any job you have, like, it's like you work at a bar, you don't want to hang out at the bar you work at. You're like, I get the fuck out of here. That I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is awesome, man. I guess, like, I mean, what's next for you, man? Like, what's got you excited uh, photographically? Obviously, it's kind of a weird time uh, for photography and everything, but uh, anything is kind of on your docket or anything you're working on now or? Uh, I, I just picked a big freelance job that I was telling you about the other day. Um, I can't get too, too much into it, but it's uh, a very nice project, you know, split between doing like archiving work for this client and then, you know, photographing in Connecticut and upstate New York for him as well. Um, you know, after, you know, being essentially shut down on editorial work since March, I'm very happy to be back at work with something that's, you know, interesting and uh, very involved in a long-term project. Yeah. Um, as far as like personal work goes, man, I, again, it's been like really hard to find stuff to do. Yeah. Um, not for lack of trying, but, you know, for lack of, you know, having people into my house, into my home studio to photograph um, yep. people wanting to, to really be around folks. So I'm yeah. waiting for that to break, man. Me too. Like I know a lot of people doing like virtual shoots and stuff, but from I, I'm just going to wait it out. Like I just don't like for me, like, the, uh, all my pictures that I really enjoy, it's because you can connect with the person. Absolutely. And it's, it's like, like so. That's the best part of being a photographer, man, is like connecting with the person. Yeah. Uh, so many people I've photographed over the years, like they become like lifelong friends. Like that's yeah. the best part about it, you know? Yeah, for like sure. we met 10, 10, 12 years ago as, as photographers. Yeah. You know, now we're talking right now in my weird house in Warren and, you know, you up in, are you in Frank? I'm at Holliston now. I got a little uh, little space up here now. Natural thing about this. Froze there. The medium, like you really make strong connections. Yeah, man. Are you still shooting film? Because I know you mentioned earlier you're shooting film with some of those Fisher guys. No, it's it's too expensive now. I know, dude. I I bought. I don't know why I did it. I got like, I bought like ten rolls of film from B and H. I bought the rolls and I shot a couple, and it was just like, man, why the fuck am I even doing this? (laughs) I was like, just gonna fucking scan it anyway. You know? I know and you're going to scan it and it's like, yeah, it's like 30. If you send to one of these labs, it's like $25 a roll I know. for processing and scans. I know. And it's, it's crazy, man. Well, uh, Michael, man, I'm glad you, uh, we finally did this, man. Like I said, I've been a big fan of your work. This cause like, thank you, Alex, the type of work I love, man. It's just like this, this real people and their real scenarios. And this kind of those, those people you don't, you don't see as much, man. So mad respect. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on here. And for people listening, if they want to check out more of your work, where, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, go to website, michaelsavoli.com or Instagram, michael underscore Savoli. Hell yeah. Um, I'll link it yeah. and people go check it out, man. 
don't don't forget to underscore the other one's my cousin. So I got you, man. I double check every time, man. I'll put some respect on your name, man. <laughs> right, All right, dude. All right, I'll I'll All cut right. it there. So there you have it. That was the Michael Savoli interview. I uh, just want to thank Michael so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Um, like I said, I've been a big fan of his work for years. Uh, just incredible work. Uh, the stuff he's done um, documenting the commercial fishing industry in New England is just uh, really powerful and incredible work. Um, so definitely go check out Michael's website at michaelsavoli.com as well as his Instagram at michaelsavoli. Um, lots of amazing work up there and he's always posting up stuff he's working on so definitely go give him a follow and as always i'll be having weekly podcasts on apple Podcasts, spotify as well as the photo banter youtube page uh, so definitely go uh, click the subscribe button over on the photo banter youtube page i'll be updating that weekly and as always thanks so much for listening and take care <laughs>